The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Cover story. Cover a story or attain that coveted story. Get it? That is exactly what you want. Quoted as the expert. The story. Headline. The spin. Every week, join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public. Your public. Craft your image. Promote your products. Create expert status. Become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101. Crisis management. Media blitzing. It's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. And welcome to today's edition of Cover Story. This is Meg Walker-Robinson from PR Web, and I'm joined once again with the lovely and gifted uh, Brandy Shapiro-Babin. How are you today? I am doing fabulous, Meg, in this very uh, new year of 2011. I think it's going to be a phenomenal year. How are you? I am doing quite well, thank you. I'm attempting to keep from being frozen. We dodged a big storm that uh, pummeled both uh, south of us as well as north of us, but we just got a dusting, or as I like to think of it as a crusting, because it's more ice than it is. <laughs> Good. You know, I, I love that I live such a charmed life in my, my own little part of the world called South Florida. It's like 82 degrees, sunny, a slight breeze in the air. Those lovely, you know, white, puffy clouds. Um, that's enough from you. So- <laughs> I'm very, very, I'm very, very sorry to burst your bubble. I'm very glad that I'm geographically desirable at the moment to myself. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I can appreciate that. No, my heart goes out to you. You know, I'm I'm from Massachusetts originally, and you know, come December, I think my 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 biggest position while I was driving was the crash position. Was the what position? Crash position. <laughs> <laughs> so I can I believe me, I can absolutely identify with you, and I think that makes me even more grateful to be in Florida this time of year. Yes, I can understand that. I can understand that. Well, the last time I was in Florida was a mere uh, month and a few days ago, and uh, it seemed to, I seemed to have missed your beautiful weather since it was 40 degrees and raining. So I'm glad to hear that you're having good weather, and I'm getting an opportunity to enjoy cold weather. And it's very pretty out. It just happens to be cold. So let's warm things up. (laughs) There you go. Absolutely. And uh, tell me, who do we get an opportunity to talk to today? I am so excited. We have Shanali Burke, who was our guest two weeks ago on Cover Story. Um, she's been nominated as one of the top 40 uh of recognized women in PR by PR Week. She's an adjunct professor for John Hopkins University and a true pro when it comes to public relations and social media. So let's welcome back our featured guest for part two, Shanali Burke. Thank you so much, ladies. It's lovely to be back and Happy New Year to everyone. Happy and healthy to you. Happy and healthy to you. So, all right, so let me ask you a question. Um, I I understand. Let's just jump right into this. You you wrote a a blog entry recently about social media 
and customer service. How are, how are those speakers working out for you? <laughs> so I think you're probably talking about today's post uh, where I was talking about how public relations, social media, and customer service converge. And, and you know, the truth is that this is how it is now. Um, the different disciplines, while they may be housed separately from an operational point of view, they're coming together because of social media, because of the way customers can interact directly with organizations. They don't have to go through anyone. They can go directly to them. And I talked about an experience I had with a fairly new uh, company that sells custom-designed shoes. And actually, I think they call it customer-designed shoes. And it's very <laughs> interesting. It's, uh, am I allowed to say the name of the company? Sure. <laughs> I'm not paid by them or anything. I, I just have to have great <laughs> shoes. It's Idealush, E-I-D-I-A-L-U-S-H. And it's a really, really cool concept. They give you a number of different heel sizes, um, you know, styles of shoes, and then a whole bunch of different fabrics. And you go in there, you design your own shoe, and hey, presto, you get your custom design or your customer design shoe. I found them last year via a Groupon deal, and of course, being a shoe fiend, I was very excited. So since it was basically a half price off, I signed up for it and, you know, went in, designed my little shoes and sat back, most excited. And then there was just an inordinate delay in receiving the shoes and any communication from the company. So, you know, I started an email conversation with them, and I kept getting what I felt were um, excuses or really not the kind of thing that I wanted to hear, why things are being delayed, we've had so much barrage, blah, blah, blah. And I just, after two, two and a half months of this, I just got fed up. And since I'm on Twitter quite a bit, I looked for them <coughs> on Twitter and I said, you know, I'm really disappointed by this. And immediately the founder of the company reached out to me and said, look, I'm so sorry, um, you know, we're trying to get this to you. And then she followed up with me by email. And in that instant, she just turned me around. I was at the point where um, no matter how many coupons they might offer me as a way of making up, I didn't want them because I didn't even know if I liked the shoes. And if I was having such a bad serve, bad experience with this company to begin with, how would I know it would be any better moving along? But once Nicole, the founder, actually reached out to me directly and spoke to me or communicated with me, I should say, in a very down-to-earth fashion, quite unlike uh, the previous communications I'd received from some of the folks at the company, I was immediately neutralized. And then I got the shoes a few weeks later. I love them. I talk about the shoes all the time. You know, I share them pictures and so on with other people. And so my point, the point that I was trying to make was that, um, you know, number one, we know that stuff happens. In this case, it was a whole Groupon experience that really threw them off because they had an overwhelming demand through the promotion that they couldn't keep up with. But the point is that as a customer, I'm not interested in what your problem is. Mm -hmm. You have to be interested in what my problem is. So if you start telling me, well, we couldn't fulfill your order because of A, B, or C, I'm not interested. So... Part of that, again, goes back to how are you communicating this to your customers or to your potential clients. And that's where I think public relations professionals who are well-versed at picking up on signs or sensitive to tone and all that kind of thing can really be of help 
from a customer service point of view. That was one of the points of my post is that, you know, one of the first people who responded to me from Idi Lash was a quote-unquote fashion writer. Now, this person writes lovely fashion-related stuff, but when she sent me an email with all this frou-frou language basically making excuses, I was not impressed at all. And, of course, being a PR person myself, it didn't help. Um, and it's really the fact that, you know, PR and customer service are not separate. Customer service professionals, customer relation professionals are really on the front lines of public relations. And if they don't get that, that's really going to reflect badly on their company. So from a logistics standpoint, um, Shanali, if if our listeners are picking up on the fact that, oh yes, that, that their customer service reps are sort of that first line, do you have any recommendations for how the PR professionals um, can help to drive and shape that role for the customer service representatives? Yes, I think one of the most important things to do is, you know, we talk a lot about uh, developing messaging and refining our internal messaging and so on. And what I've always done, whether it's been for clients or when I was um, at my previous job running the PR department, I always made sure that whatever messaging we were developing, whether it was for um, programs, whether it was for uh, preparation for crises and so on, were always disseminated internally. Management knew that was passed along to senior managers. There was an entire system that we'd worked out, and we also made sure that that messaging was sent to the folks who are handling, say, the um, direct marketing phone calls or, you know, the telephone lines and, and so on. They weren't under me as such. They weren't in the PR department, but they had the talking points with them. The second thing to be really, really careful about is that you might have approved talking points, and, and we all do that for our companies and our clients, but you've got to be able to adapt them for the needs of each situation. You mm -hmm. should not go out with your random A, B, C, D, E talking point saying, well, here's the thing, blah, blah, blah. So you've really got to put that personal touch in there. I think integration and then personalization are really key. And also with a situation like this, I would think that uh, that, that PR person should have some unique um, talking points that they would be able to share given particular situations like this Groupon situation where the company that offers a great product just happened to be inundated, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, I think you've really just got to tailor it for each circumstance. I mean, and, and there's no shame in saying when something's going wrong. You know, I know companies want to look like they're on top of everything all the time, but we know they're not. That's just human nature. And when you really put a personal face on the problem without trying to make excuses, that's the main thing. Because initially in this experience, the, the feeling I had was that they were trying to make excuses. You know, the, the email communication that I initially received embedded links to blog posts about how great they were. And I'm kind of going, why are you trying to tell me all of this stuff? I obviously think that you've got something worth buying, which is why I'm here in the first place. So instead of just giving me the reason and then giving me some kind of time frame within which I can expect my shoes, you're trying to upsell me. And I think that is a um, pitfall that, that organizations can often fall into. Well, you know, I think I think it's a very interesting problem for people to have. I love the concept of Groupon, but I think you have a lot of companies like your shoe company or, um, you know, I've watched a local um, spa actually do something like, you know, 900 deals in one day. And I thought, my God, they've got three beds. 
how are they ever going to accommodate <laughs> this? So it, it, it's a positive condo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I think it's a positive problem to have. But if you're going to boil boil consumers down into two categories, I think you have the consumer who, if you treat them as a human being, and you don't make up excuses like Shanali said, because you know what, your problem is not my problem. You know, like I, I invested in your company to to get something specific and you just need to deliver that to me. But if you speak to me like a human being, then chances are not only am I going to understand where you're coming from, I'm likely going to start to promote you myself as well as enjoy the purchase that I've made. And then there's the person that does want something for free and no matter what you do for them, they're just not going to be happy. Um but I definitely think that things can be turned around. My very first purchase, not that anyone cares, my very first purchase on the internet was with a cosmetics company. And I was so excited to make this purchase. And I got to see the, I was meant to see the, um, the airplane take off from their warehouse that was delivering my fabulous cosmetics to me. Well, the airplane never took off. And same thing like you, two weeks, I didn't see the airplane take off. And finally I called the company and the first one said to me, nope, sorry, it was already shipped, it's your problem which I didn't like the answer very much to. Then I spoke to someone else and she was so nice. Not only did they realize that, oh my goodness, we're so sorry. Your product was never taken off the shelf, but we're going to send you some extra products that we think you may like in addition to the products that you purchased. They were so lovely and so ingratiating that I sent a thank you note to their customer service department. It got fielded up to the president of the company and to this day, I'm still friends with the president of that company. So I think you can take bad situations and turn them into something positive. But, you know, in the case with Shanali, you know, they just kept closing the door on you and kept trying to push you out. And that's an unfortunate thing. Instead of dealing with you head on. And said, yeah, yeah. It was just, you know, I felt a lot of fluff that was unnecessary. And, and perhaps that works with a lot of people. And, you know, and perhaps their bad luck at the time was that I'm a PR professional. And so I kind of know, you know what, when I see it. Um, but having said that, you know, making that connection with Nicole really did turn me around and look at me. I mean, here I am talking about it. I wrote about it. I post their stuff on Facebook. I'm a fan. I mean, uh, I, I just think that what they're doing is quite incredible. I wrote, I have a, a column on Bnet as well, and I wrote about, um, Idealash there as well, specifically in the context of Groupon, which, as you said, it can be very problematic, especially for small businesses. So it's really, it really, it, it's a great opportunity, I think, when you have a problem like this, as you said, um, and it takes some very deft handling to turn it around. But, you know, I think, you know, what your point, Shanali, is so true. If you can engage a conversation, once again, social media, engage in that conversation, it's just a different format, you can take a negative situation and, and look at you now. You know, you, yep. it's been you know, X amount of months for you to get these sneakers. It still wasn't done in a timely manner, but yet you're on this radio show t talking, you know, you have a tremendous amount of credibility when it comes to the PR arena and you're an influencer. So that's going to result in them, you know, if not making more sales, at least, you know, creating some more positive will. Ah, <laughs> and I see we need to, speaking of positive will, talk about a hard break. <laughs> that was a hard segue. Let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. I'm not going to have to put my running shoes on because I'm in sandals. Sorry, girls. Um, and we'll be right back with Cover Story. Sit tight and don't move. Cover Story. We'll be back after this short break. Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, ClickBank 
provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contracts required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. Think about it. You work so hard with your existing clients. How much time do you have every day to recruit more clients, expand your business, and add more value to your service? Let WebmasterRadio.fm do the work for you. We're the premier business-to-business on-air and on-demand podcast network with shows like SEO Rockstars, SEO 101, and SEM Synergy. We can tailor an ad campaign that includes 30 seconds every hour and a 30-minute special every month. Plus, the banner ads and links you need to reach our built-in audience and our legions of loyal listeners and podcasters. What you charge in hours for service is all it takes to get started on the fast lane to growing your business. Contact sales at webmasterradio.fm for consultation today. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Rock the world with LinkedIn. Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome back to Cover Story. Um, we are joined today by Ms. Janali Burke, and we are talking about um, public relations and social media. Uh, we just finished having a great conversation about shoes. Well, actually, not really about <laughs> shoes. Customer service with the shoes. Uh, I have a quick question for you. I was I had been reading your uh, blog at waxingunlyrical.com. I love that domain name, by the way. That's awesome. Thank you. And uh, one of your posts are really interesting about influence in public relations and social media. And so you talk... Uh, Tell, tell me, how um, do you identify who is influential and or how does one become influential in PR and social media? Oh, gosh. Well, that is really the, the question, isn't it? Um, but just let's take a step back from there. The, thank you for mentioning that post. It uh, was something that I've been wanting to write and it just, you know, the circumstances were, were, were correct for me to actually publish it. Um, but there's just a lot of, there's a lot of uh, debate and discussion going on right now about influence and who's more influential. Exactly the questions that you asked. How do you identify someone? How do you convert them? Da, da, da. 
And the really thing to remember is that there are a lot of rating systems out there now, you know, Cloud, for example, Twitterize, and they'll give you a score which which uh, purports to analyze or tell you what your social influence is or your online influence is. And one of the most frightening things that can happen is for people to look at that number and assume that based solely on that number you are or you are not influential because everything is contextual. Right. Um, you know, you, Katie Payne, for example, is very influential in the field of PR measurement. But if you were to look for influencers in the field of Indian classical dancing, for example, her relatively high cloud score is not going to make a difference. Um, and so that is one of the most important things I think that people have to remember and what some of us have been trying to to um, shout about with this kind of post. Now, when it comes to looking for influencers, you've just, you've just got to do your research. You know, you can start with your scores, you can start with your media databases, you can, you can start by compiling your overall lists and things, but then you've got to really go out and see if they are writing and talking about the things that make a difference to your client or to your company. Um, are they reaching the kind of people who are going to result in conversions for your company, whatever that means, whether that means more subscribers, more sales, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to drive. So one of the most important things is, again, to start off at the end, and I, I know I probably say this so often, it's become boring for some people, but in my opinion, not enough people start off with the end in sight. They don't identify what their goals are, what their measurable objectives are. And until and unless you do that, it is going to be really, really difficult for you to put a comprehensive integrated strategy in place. So that first step is really identifying who's talking and who people are paying attention to. Can it be measured? Yeah, and also, but you know, not just who's talking and who's, who people are paying attention to, but in your specific field. You know, depend the, the, in context of the subject matter. So, sort of reverse engineer. You're sort of saying reverse engineer things, like understand exactly. who your various publics are. Try yep. to understand who has the largest voice there and why they have the largest voice, and then how you can sort of communicate on a level that'll engage not only these thought leaders potentially to endorse you or or to work in collaboration with you, but then also to engage their followers as well. Yeah, and you know, I think the largest voice, where people are always going to look for those really big numbers, just as with mainstream media, you look at circulation and all that kind of stuff. But again, um, all of that should be done in the context of the audience that you're trying to reach. And oftentimes, second and tier, second and third tier, quote unquote, um, bloggers or influencers can be very helpful because, you know, oftentimes these are the people like me, for example, I'm certainly not an A-list blogger. I don't even know if I'm B or C, but I have a pretty good network. And if I ask people to help me with something, chances are they're going to do it. And I'm not just saying this because, you know, I like talking about myself. I've tried and it's worked. Um, so oftentimes people like me are in contact with some of these bigger names. So even they, even though they much have a much louder voice as such than me, a much, much wider audience than me, I might be able to influence them, quote-unquote, to mm -hmm. read something or to do something or to see something about it. So I think it's really important for people to remember you shouldn't just go after your top
top influencers once you figure out, you know, exactly who that is or who you think it is. And there's always going to be some element of doubt. But you've got to kind of spread your strategy over a few different layers because I truly have not seen anyone who has come up with the perfect solution who has said, well, this is the perfect set of influencers for this or that is the perfect set of influencers for that. I just I haven't seen it so far. Now, let me ask you a question. Once you, let, let's say you, you, you go out, you research, you define who some of these influencers are. What are some of the best ways that you found to engage people? You know, like you mentioned, you've got a, you have a very influential group of people. If you ask them to do something, they're going to do it. What, what can I do to influence you? I think there are a few different things. One is if it's in social networks such as Twitter and so on, you have to have built up relationships with them. And by that, I don't mean that everyone is your best friend, but you have to have built up a history of consistently responding and engaging with people. Um, If you look at my Twitter stream, you will see that 99% of the time if I get any ad messages, I reply to them, even if it's just to say thank you. Um, They're coming, you know, oftentimes they'll come to me from people I don't know. It doesn't matter. I will still respond to them if I can't help them. If they ask me a specific question, I'll say, well, I don't know, but maybe so-and-so can help you. Um, So, you know, I think, and and the truth is, and you ladies both know that that comes with time. You you can't just jump in there today and say, okay, I'm going to build up my connections and my, and develop my engagement. That's something that builds over time. Once you've actually built that up and you've seen, people have seen that you respond to them, um, they are much more likely to act when you actually ask them to do something. The second thing is I think people have to be very careful with their ask. You can't always be asking people to do something because then that becomes a very one-way communication and it becomes a very one-way relationship. And someone, you know, if someone like that um, sends me a message, I'm going, okay, here we go again. You want me to do something for you again? So the times that I have actually said, hey, would you mind doing this or would you mind doing that? It hasn't been every day. It's been, for example, last year when, or a couple of years ago, no, I think it was last year, um, when I wanted to get a dog adopted. Um, and the dog was in Portland, and I was here in D.C., and, you know, a whole long story on my blog. Um, but it was essentially an orphan German shepherd. Um, one of our family members had passed away very suddenly on vacation, and I, having the animal welfare background, was kind of tasked by the rest of the family to find this dog a home. And the only thing I could do, since I didn't work in the field anymore as such, was to try and use social media. Long story short, it worked, um, because a lot of people helped me, and we got her on TV in Portland, which is where she was, and the family saw her, da 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 But, you know, people, that was a time when I really asked people to help, and they responded, because they saw me talking to them. Also, the ask was compelling. I wasn't just asking them to vote for me to be, you know, Miss Washington, D.C. I was saying, here is a life at stake. Um, I know there are many, but this one is important to me. Would you mind helping? And combinations of things like that are what get people to respond. The third thing, and I know I've gone on a a lot, and I will shut up soon. Um, The third thing is that you've got to, again, adapt your communications for the medium. You know, Twitter tends to be a very easy back and forth. Um, Facebook is also very easy back and forth, but it is typically a more restricted network simply because it's a friend network that you select. Um, And even when you engage with a business on Facebook, you're not going to be interested if all they're doing is 
asking you to do stuff. You want interesting information and, you know, good content coming into you as well. And then if it's email, pitching, for example, you know, go back to the basics, do your research. What has that reporter or that blogger that you're trying to reach written about? Have they written about your company or your organization in the past? What's their take been? And then really tailor each and every pitch um, to the person that you are trying to reach. You know, tell them why it's good for them. And that's, at the end of the day, that is what works. It's the, what's in it for me? If you can tell someone what's in it for them, they'll respond. If you can't tell them what's in it for them, they won't. And isn't that the truth for almost every situation? <laughs> if you're trying to, trying to get uh, people involved and engaged, they definitely need to understand that there's a value in it for them. Mm-hmm, exactly. So... Well, we are we are getting very close to the end of our time together, Shanali. Tell me, are there any interesting things that you have coming up? For instance, you have a new semester starting soon, right? I have a new semester starting in June, but before that, I have a birthday coming up on Saturday. <gasps> well, happy birthday! <laughs> oh, and I'm on Monday. Oh my goodness! Happy birthday! <laughs> and my mother's on Friday. And my mother's wow. tomorrow. Oh, wow, look at us. Meg, you're going to have to change your birthday to be cool like us. <laughs> sure, I'm more than happy to have a second or third 29th birthday or uh, more than that. <laughs> That's terrific. Well, happy and healthy birthday, Shanali. Thank you. You know, I just, thank you. I mean, truly, you really, we love, and, we love having you on the show. You really, um, you know your work, you're passionate about your work, and um, you always give us information, I think, that's actionable and definitely gets my mind thinking on ways that I can improve what we're doing. And, you know, it's, at the end of the day, I think everything's about communicating, and um, you are the master communicator. Oh, that's very kind of you, and that's, a, that's an amazing birthday present. Thank you very much. <laughs> that, that and, you know, of course, um, the gift certificate to get like all the great shoes that we want. Oh my God, you so have to go to idealash.com and check it out. It really, really cool shoes. Oh, you're so funny. You know, I, I figured out, I think, why women love shoes so much. Why? Because outside of, I mean, I like high heeled shoes because I think they elongate a person. Um, yeah. But shoes always fit. Shoes and pocketbooks. Ah, hmm. regardless of what may else, else may change. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> and we've kind of committed to the fact that, like, no matter what, we're a size, you know, whatever our size foot is, like, that's it. You know, we don't diet our feet. We don't have to exercise our feet. We don't have to worry about our feet sometimes being bloated, but that's a whole other situation. You know, like, shoes love us no matter what. <laughs> that is a very interesting point of view. I'd never thought of that before. <laughs> You know, that's the one thing you can count on. Think about it. When you go shopping, you can go to 15 different stores and not find something that you like. But you can yeah. go into a shoe store and you're 99.9% .9 of the time, you're going to find a shoe that fits and a shoe that loves you just the way you are. <laughs> anyway, let's do this. I'm so unfortunate. We have come to the bottom of this show. Um, Shanali, once again, thank you so much for your awesome contribution. I know we're going to be reaching out to you uh, again for your expertise to contribute to Webmaster Radio and the Cover Story Radio Show. Um, so hopefully we'll, we'll hear from you again in the very, very near future. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. I'd love to come back anytime. You know that. Oh, terrific. Yay. We've got, <laughs> we've got that on tape. I love that. And have a wonderful, wonderful birthday. Have a fabulous adventure and make sure you share it with us, please. Thank you so much. And to you, too. Thank you so much. So, Meg, yes. the bottom of another show. No wonder why I like Shanali so much. Yes. See, we're... we're, 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 we're all, what, Capricorns together? 
Cap's Cusp of Aquarius. So we get to read whichever horoscope looks best. There we go. And see, I would be an early Capricorn. So maybe that's why we get along so well as well. It is. I know, honey. I know. But you need to bump your birthday up so we can have a little bit closer to each other. Um, Sure. I'll talk. You've had crazier things. (laughs) Exactly. I've asked you for crazier things and you've made it happen. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, we will be back next Wednesday. Um, Meg, thank you again for your awesome contribution because you are... Um, you always have such amazing things to say and we love the fact that you support the community um, so very well always thank you so much and yeah. it's always a pleasure to uh, to co-host the show with you since um, you have such a deep understanding of public relations as well so it's it's great to hear um, hear your additions to our conversation you're so lovely see that people this is how it's done you just create a big love fest where everybody like values and respects each other and then everything grows proportionally in a positive way. Absolutely. Amen. All right, so let's let's do it. We've got to, we've got to leave the show. We've got another show coming up right behind this and we'll be back next Wednesday on Cover Story. It's time. 